Good morning. I'm Harley Schlanger from the LaRouche Organization with your daily update for today, which is March 7th, I believe, 2022. Today, I'm going to cut through the censorship which you are being subjected to, the shaping of a narrative to convince you that the Russians are driving the world toward World War III and that the U.S. must intervene in one way or another, minimally continuing the flow of arms into Ukraine, but there's a growing sentiment coming from within the Congress, within NATO, and especially from the British Empire, calling for establishing a no-fly zone and directly engaging Russia in war. The narrative, and the, it's a, narrative is a polite word, it's wartime censorship and propaganda that would make Joseph Goebbels envious of what's being done by the Western countries. So I'm going to debunk some of the, the lies that are coming out and also give you insights into what's actually going on. Let's start with the question of what's Putin's policy. We're told he's trying to rebuild the Soviet empire, that he intends to recapture territory in Eastern Europe, including the Baltic states after Ukraine, and possibly even move against Western Europe as a whole. This is nonsense. Putin has no such intention. He's been clear and explicit for many years as to what the goal is. That is, number one, demilitarize Ukraine. Number two, denazify Ukraine. And number three, protect the ethnic Russians in eastern Ukraine, who are under constant attack from the neo-Nazi units embedded in the Ukrainian security and defense forces. The, in this third point, he's insisting that Ukraine live up to the agreement it signed in the Minsk agreement, Minsk II, which was to negotiate with the people in Lugansk and Donetsk to uh, give them a certain autonomy. The Ukrainians refused to do that. And that was one of the main triggers of the military actions coming from Russia. Now, secondly, we're told <clears throat> that Russia is using a scorched earth policy, is shelling cities, are randomly killing civilians, and so on. Well, in fact, the Russians have consistently tried to open humanitarian corridors, but as the Syrian terrorists, al-Qaeda and al-Nusra, did in Syria when the Russian army and the Syrian army opened humanitarian corridors for people to escape, the terrorists there held them captive and used them as human shields. The same thing is being done today, at least in Mariupol, where we have eyewitness reports from journalists, which are being censored, that the Azov Battalion and other neo-Nazi units are preventing people from leaving. And then we're being told that the Russians are lying about humanitarian corridors. Now, one of the people who testified to this was Colonel Douglas McGregor, a former top advisor to President Donald Trump at the end of his administration. McGregor was on Fox TV where he sparred with the British Stuart Varney, who of Fox was trying to get McGregor to acknowledge that, that Zelensky is a hero. Well, what McGregor said is, first of all, Russia is not conducting the same kind of damaging, devastating warfare policy that the U.S. did in Iraq with the shock and awe invasion and bombing. Uh, secondly, he said the Ukrainian army, and here he didn't specify the Nazi battalions or the Ukrainian army, 
uh, regular army, but he said they're using civilians as shields, the same way the terrorists did in Syria. When he was asked, well, don't you think Zelensky is brave, the president of Ukraine, he said he's a puppet, not a hero. McGregor said, quote, he is putting huge numbers of his own population at unnecessary risk, unquote. And McGregor said it would have been easy to avoid this situation had the agreement been reached for Ukraine to become a neutral country, a buffer zone, which would benefit both Europe and Russia. Now, let's take the question of Zelensky himself. We're being told, well, he couldn't be working with the Nazis. He's Jewish, therefore he's automatically anti-Nazi. Well, we know there are some Jews who are not anti-Nazi, like Jabotinsky, the leader of the uh, uh, anti-British forces in the, the Middle East, in uh, Palestine in the 1930s, who actually wrote to Hitler and said, we would support you if you would set up a homeland for us. So the fact that one is Jewish does not automatically qualify them as being an anti-Nazi. But Zelensky, when he first came in, uh, he ran as a peace candidate. He said he would implement the Minsk Accords that the Ukrainian government signed. And he was threatened for this. Let me give you a quote from an interview done in May 2019 with Dmitro Yarosh, a co-founder of the right sector and the commander of the Ukrainian militia called the Ukrainian Volunteer Army, which marches behind Nazi insignias. What Yarosh said is the implementation, and this is right after Zelensky's inauguration speech. Yarosh said the implementation, this is a quote, implementation of the Minsk agreements is the death of our state, unquote. In other words, not accepting an agreement reached by the Ukrainian government to negotiate with the people in Lugansk and Donetsk. Secondly, he said, quote, Zelensky is very dangerous for us Ukrainians, unquote. And then he went further, referring to Zelensky's inaugural address where he said he, he was ready to lose popularity in order to seek peace. Yarosh said, quote, no, he would lose his life. He will hang on some tree if he betrays Ukraine and those people who died in the revolution and the war, unquote. A direct death threat to the president. Now, I would just go to the third point, the escalation of the war. Who's pushing for this? It's coming from Boris Johnson. It's coming from NATO. It's coming from the U.S. Congress. Uh, Lindsey Graham, for example, the old sidekick of, of John McCain, who Graham and McCain addressed the Azov Battalion when they went to Ukraine in 2015. That is, they met with the Nazis, just as McCain met with the terrorists in Syria. Uh, what Lindsey Graham said is, Putin should be assassinated. We should find a Brutus to his Caesar. And there are others who have said something similar. The Congress is talking about a no-fly zone, which would put the U.S. military directly in a confrontation with the Russian military, a prelude to a World War III. Now, further, we're beginning to see the plans, should Russia succeed in neutralizing Ukraine? The Washington Post reports that there are plans underway to set up a government in exile, probably in Poland, and run guerrilla warfare operations to defeat the so-called occupying army. What is this? 
This is a new version of the Afghanistan model, the Syrian model. As Michael Flynn, uh, General Michael Flynn exposed, the U.S. armed and trained the terrorists in Syria to overthrow the Assad government. And as we know from Afghanistan, the U.S. support for the Afghan Mujahideen go back to 1979-1980 and Zbigniew Brzezinski. And during the 80s, the U.S. armed the Mujahideen in their war against the Soviet occupiers. After the war, what happened? They opened their country to terrorists. We know that from the, the stories about what happened, the official cover story of 9-11, that it was run out of Afghanistan. But the Taliban were armed and trained initially by the West, as were the forces funded by Osama bin Laden from Saudi Arabia that became al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. And the question comes up, is this really the model that you want? Well, apparently there are people in NATO headquarters and in Washington who are preparing just such an option. Now, why or who would they use to fight this? They would use the same neo-Nazi forces that Putin is saying must be taken out. You cannot have Nazis supported by the West. But in covering up the story of the actual Nazi intention and how the Nazis were involved in the Maidan and funded and supported by the United States, you're covering up something just as dangerous as the U.S. support for the Mujahideen in Afghanistan and Syria. Now, again, I, I used this quote on Friday, but here's a comment from a man named Karas, who's a leader of a terrorist group called C-14. This is a group that was identified uh, by the U.S. State Department and by the European Commission as being a hate group, a group that has killed people and conducts warfare against the Russian population, against the Roma population in Ukraine and others. Now, Kadas was asked why, why NATO is uh, arming them and training them. And he said, quote, because we perform the tasks set by the West, because we have fun, we have fun killing, we have fun fighting, unquote. Is that who the United States should be supporting? Is that how you Americans and you Western Europeans listening to this update, is that what you want your governments to defend? A Nazi army that's killing civilians and has been killing civilians for years? So why is this being done? Why is the U.S. and NATO pushing this? Well, it's the collapse of the post-war, post-Cold War unipolar order. The threat to the West is not that Russia is going to do something bad in Ukraine or that Ukraine would be neutral. How is that a threat to the West? The real threat is the potential for integration between the Eurasian economic space of an integrated Russia, China with Asia as a whole, then being integrated with Western Europe as a unified economic space for economic development from the Atlantic to the Pacific. This is what the British launched World War I and World War II to stop, to prevent the idea of a Western Europe, especially a French-German-Russian alliance against the British Empire and its financial system, 
Today, that financial system is collapsing. We see it again with the, the hyperinflation and the problem they have. They keep saying they're going to end hyperinflation by ending the quantitative easing. Now they're going to use the Ukraine-Russia conflict as an excuse to keep the quantitative easing going, that is funding uh, the debt overload to keep it legitimate, allegedly legitimate on the books of bankrupt corporations and banks, and then carry out austerity against you and at the same time, increasing the defense budgets. The German government talking about a $100 billion increase in defense budgets. So what we see is a collapse of the unipolar order and the drive from the West to use the Russia-Ukraine situation to destroy Russia, to destroy their economy with sanctions, to lure Putin into Ukraine by promising to help the Ukrainians and then stepping back and watching what's happening and using that as an excuse to impose the sanctions to attack Russia. It's the West that should be brought up on criminal charges. It's the Biden administration. It's the Boris Johnson administration. It's the European Union that supports this. And this is a policy that threatens the life of everyone on the planet. And that's why it's important that we at the, at the LaRouche organization are countering the narrative of the pro-war propaganda, the Goebbels-style propaganda campaign that's directed at you. And that's why it's also important for you to join our mobilization to immediately convene a conference to discuss a new security architecture, which is not defending the bankrupt banks and corporations of the Western corporate cartels, but represents the interests of the people living in collaborating or co uh, cooperating sovereign republics. That's what we need, a new security and financial architecture. Go to the SchillerInstitute.com website, sign and circulate our petition. We have to get the truth into the public discussion, and that means we need to have a mobilization for a new security architecture. Thanks for joining me. Sorry I was a little bit long today, but this is a crucial moment in world history. And we need you to join in to help us make sure that the right decisions are made.